What is up? Well, here we are. <laughs> Post-vacation. Welcome to Weapons Free Wednesday. I don't know what number this is. I, I was think, about to look that up, I actually. think it's 14. Yeah, we're on Weapons Free Wednesday 14. Okay, 14. 14, the 1-4. Post-vacation, as you can tell, I hope everybody's not surprised, the great Cato is joining us for our welcome back from vacation. Hello, everyone. Weapons Free Wednesday number 14. We're and back. It, and what we're going to do for this episode is we are not going to do questions. We are going to do talking points as we decided upon while we were sitting here deciding that we needed to get our asses in gear and do this. So talking point number one, Alec Baldwin. Eric Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. I guess it's a little late because we're recording this right after the fact and it won't get released for another week or whatever, but... Another week and a half. It's fine. The, the internet's having a field day about it. Oh yeah. The memes already are pure fire. Yes, so something that's near and dear to our hearts are firearms and movies. Movies. <laughs> it's funny because I have a friend that works in, well, I have several friends, but she's a great friend that works in, in, in the movie industry. And she messaged me literally like minutes after this happened because she has friends that were working on set during this. And so, yeah, we were, we were at the Teton Thai. Yes. And you're like, oh my God, this just happened. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wonder if it made the news. And it hadn't yet. It hadn't yet. That's how you know. That's how you know you've got inside scoop is when something really big like that happens and you know about it before it's on mainstream media. So I feel, I feel special. And then about like five hours later before we were going to bed, <laughs> right? the internet went nuts with all the horrible, horrible yet hilarious memes about Alec Baldwin mm-hmm. and, and gun safety. Are. Yeah, so, I mean, my first reaction when she texted us was, what the fuck is, what, like, what were the stunt coordinators and, and what, what was the tech advisor doing? Because realistically, like, this is my lane, like, and I've done this job before. So I never had live ammo on a, on a set before. There, there shouldn't be any. Yeah. Just to start, just don't bring any live rounds. Yeah, there should be no live ammo on the set. Like, why, why was there live ammo on the set? Usually live live ammo is involved if you're doing like some type of specialty B-roll shot where you're going to go out and you're going to film bullet impacts or maybe brass coming out of the gun, but it's a very controlled, very short clip of B-roll. And it's mostly close-ups. Yeah, it's close-ups and like you've got a high amount of control there. It's on a live fire range. There's no extras around. Or uh, it's like the week before where they're training everyone. Yeah, or it's yeah, or you're doing technical advisory stuff where you're actually months before doing technical training and pre-production for you know competency levels for the talent so that they're not a complete ignorant train wreck when you start doing the stunt coordination stuff and the choreography ignoring you the choreography doing barrel rolls yeah you know when you like karate chops fucking karate chop things and do fucking samurai ninja backflips and shit yeah so i want to know why why there was even live ammo on the set to start with because that should have never even been a thing also Weapons handling safety rules apply, okay? Even if it's, uh, which the five weapons handling safety rules in my, in my world are treat every weapon as if it were loaded. That mm-hmm. means even if you know that a gun is not loaded, you still treat it as if it's loaded and you pay it that proper respect and you don't point it all over the fucking place, especially at other human beings. So don't, you know, treat every weapon as if it loaded. And then this is the second rule. Don't point a weapon at anything you do not intend to kill or destroy. I mean, the director of photography was killed, right? So obviously they're somewhere near the camera. Is it like the camera's staring down the end of the barrel and it happened to be a live round? Yeah, I mean, I don't know I any don't, of the details, right? but it's... I guess we could ask, but that's kind of crude. Yeah, I mean, yes, situational, there, there could have been a situational nuance there that required him to point a gun but then we're back to like, why is there live rounds? Correct. Where's the tech advisor? Why weren't we checking the weapons? Like anytime I've been on set, like I've always checked the ammo and then I've checked the weapon and then I've check and check and recheck. I make sure anybody that's involved in the area or in the vicinity has no live rounds. Like I shake everybody down, you know, I pat everybody down. I make sure they don't have any weapons or I'm sorry, any ammo on them. 
Um, the only other thing I could look at, like if you're doing like a force on force scenario, but then like I always double and triple and quadruple check people to make sure that there's no live ammo. And then I also make sure that the... Or nowadays they're using airsoft and CGI to make it look good or rubber guns and you just like fake the recoil and you, but you can tell that on right. lower budget films. So here's what I would probably say to this situation. Like, I think this falls squarely on whoever the tech advisor was and whoever... Absolutely. Whoever was the person that was the custodian of the weapon and in charge of like the weapon on set and doing the, you know. That um, that's the guy that is assigned main character's arsenal and he has to organize it and for which gun, for which take, whether it's a rubber prop or the blank firing gun or the live gun. Yeah, which depending on what you're doing that day, there should be no live gun or live ammo out there. If you're if it involves like pointing guns at other human beings, as you often have to do during production of a show, like you, but you make sure that that's a blank firing weapon because they're set up with special adapters. Like the, yep. the barrels are specially like they're ground on the locking bar so that they actually open and eject the blank casing, and there's right. like a constriction in the barrel usually. Yeah. Because there's a, um, I think, movie armament group on yeah. Instagram mm -hmm. who does a lot of the weapons armaments for Hollywood. Yeah. They went through whole episodes talking about what they have to do to modify a weapon, a weapon to fire blanks reliably. Right. And then going through like, this is the barrel insert you use for half power blanks or full power blanks or quarter power blanks. Right. For when you have to like, you know, put your muzzle against the B actor's head mm -hmm. and have a blank go off. Right. You know. <laughs> Yes, and there's safe ways to do that. Right. But it involves heavy modification of the weapon system. Yep. So we're still back to why in the fuck was there live rounds on, on set? Mm. And why didn't that person that was in charge of that weapon check, double check, and recheck? I mean, I, I check. Even just me, just from being just my own personal habits that I've developed from shooting since I was seven years old and in my military time, and then as a professional firearms instructor, like I check the status of my weapon constantly mm -hmm. multiple times over and over and over and over again. Like even, if, even though, you know, you still check and you're like, okay, right. I mean, the first thing I do when somebody hands me a weapon is I like, I, I is there a magazine in it? No. Okay, cool. Let's pull the slide. If it's a pistol, let's pull the slide to the rear and make sure there's nothing in the chamber pointing it in a safe direction. And then let's, you know, make sure that, uh, if it's a rifle, I'm pulling the, you know, I'm opening the bolt or pulling the charging handle back and making sure there's no magazine inserted and there's no round in the chamber. Right. And then the weapon is on safe. Or if there happens to be a magazine with rounds in it that's somewhere near the gun and you're fucking around with any sort of gun, you put that magazine with bullets somewhere very far away. Yeah. Or put it in a bag, put it in your pocket far away. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. When I work on my guns at home, the ones that I keep hot and then let's just say, okay, cool. I need to like change the battery on my laser. Or I need to change the battery on my uh, light or I want to take the muzzle device on and off or mm -hmm. I want to, you know, mess with my optic at all and make sure my optics good to go, whether that's a function check or I'm swapping a new optic on and off. Like same thing applies, like make sure there's no source of ammo in there. So I remove the source of ammunition. Yep. I open the bolt. I make sure that there's nothing in the chamber. I make sure that the weapon is on safe. And then I take that source of ammo. So if this is like a weapon that's like I, I've left like hot. a truck gun. Yeah, I've left it hot for, you know, to make sure for self-defense purposes or if it's hunting season and I'm like rolling around smoking varmints in the backcountry, I will, you know, make sure that that source of ammo before I work on that gun or do anything with that gun is in a safe location. Like you're right. It gets shoved in a duffel bag. It gets put, it gets put on top of the safe in a separate room or inside the safe in a separate room. And it doesn't, you don't, you don't commingle. Yes. Li live ammo anytime you're, you know, working. Knowingly play, using, playing with, working on, yeah. experimenting with dry fire, right? right? Like dry fire yeah. is a prime example. Yes. Yes. If you're going to train and do dry fire drills, you definitely better make sure. Check all the mags in your belt. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure they're not full. Yeah. Or in your plate carrier or in your chest rig, you go through everything and make sure there's no, you know, um, live ammo in there. So the fact that this happened just speaks to the absolute ignorance and uh, negligence, negligence like. of the tech advisor that was on set. Now, if Baldwin, which we don't know right. specifically what happened, if he was fucking off and picked up a gun jokingly and like was like, you know, off making the table making to do a jokes. test. Yeah. Um, why is the ta why is the gun on the table? Why, why is, is it gun not, no once again box? we're back to yeah. why is there live ammo in it? But we're also if he was fucking around. That's not something you fuck around with. That's not a, that's not, firearms are not something you play with. They're not toys. They're not, you don't 
fucking point weapons at somebody unless it's for a very, very specific reason. First one that comes to mind is self-defense. The second one that comes to mind is if you're going to do force on force, but then again, you're working with hopefully with professionals in a particular environment. And this, and really there's redundancy and safety on the force on force stuff that, that we, we use, particularly uh, the UTMs, ultimate training munitions. It's a, you swap the bolt carrier group out and it's a, it switches from rim fire to center fire to rim fire from center fire to rim fire on the cartridge. So you can jack live rounds in there on accident and pull the trigger and nothing's going to happen. Because the primer is not where it needs to go. Right. Because yeah. the, the firing, firing pin, pin is not going to yeah. hit the primer. So there's redundancy in the safety there. Plus, uh, it's got a safety mechanism on it to where you can't shut the dust cover on the chamber. And it's got a big blue stripe right. on the bolt. So you can just visually look at it and be like, oh, that's a UTM. That's a that's a force on force uh, UTM uh, setup. setup in there. So, you know, aside from... You or know. like, I mean, the other thing too that was brought up is if you're Alec Baldwin on the set of this and you're supposed to be one of the top actors that has dealt with firearms on set for decades, mm-hmm. why would you not like, hey, I'm going to hold up production for three minutes and get the tech advisor and we're going to go through and make sure that everything in the gun is what it needs to be right before the take. Yeah. And two people would have much easier lives right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Well, it's just because they fucking most celebrities... Not all of them, but I will say most live in a little fantasy la-la land and they get used to like people wiping their ass and literally doing every single thing for them so that it's just mindless shit. Like, here's your coffee, Mr. Baldwin. Here's your seat, Mr. Baldwin. Here's your, here's your purple fucking Skittles, Mr. Baldwin. Here's your grape Snapple, Mr. Baldwin. I'm sure he fucking is so used to that by now that they were just like, here's your weapon, Mr. Baldwin. And he's like, cool. And then they were like, action. And he was like, brap. And then we've got dead people. Yep. So once again, okay, so if, and if that was the case, like if they were actually shooting a scene, then I would remove some of my negative opinion involving him in this situation. I mean, yes, to your point, he could have double checked himself, but mm-hmm. he, he didn't obviously. Mm-hmm. But if he was indeed fucking around and thought it was some kind of game and was joking around and like jokingly picked up a gun and pointed it at somebody and was like, I'm going to kill you and fucking actually yeah, yeah, did yeah. it. Yeah. Then fuck him. He should like, he should be held accountable very for, much so accountable yeah i don't know what they call that what do they call that Neg- negligent homicide or manslaughter or some shit like that him and the him and the tech advisor should should burn if that was the case but uh yeah just in just to just to go ahead and caveat on this to to hammer it home for all of you that are listening you know treat every weapon as if loaded never point a weapon at anything you don't intend to kill or destroy keep your finger straight off the trigger until you intend to fire keep your weapon on safe until you intend to fire and positively identify your target and know its foreground and its background are the five weapons handling safety rules in case you didn't know. And if you follow those rules consistently, then you'll never have any problems. If you don't follow those rules consistently, then there's a chance that you could hurt yourself or hurt somebody else. And that would be really unfortunate as we saw in this situation with Alec Baldwin. So. Correct. Okay. Number two, COVID common sense. Let's talk about... <laughs> COVID. We can't we, we can't come back and not have a COVID ramp. No, 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 no. It's kind of it's hallmark for it's on brand. It's on brand for for me and for Weapons Free Wednesday to have some COVID ranting. So number one, how was your COVID experience? It was actually not too painful. The worst part about getting COVID was um, losing my sense of smell and taste for a month. Yeah, it was horrible. All 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 the entire world was bland. There was no joy at the end of the day when you're making food. I remember what you said when you're like, I can't fucking smell my coffee. And I, it, that's what resonated with me when I was like, because I love coffee so mm-hmm. much. I mean, we both do. We both love coffee so, so much. And so I was like, oh my God, like, I can't imagine not being able to taste my coffee or smell my coffee. I love to just, when I'm making coffee in the morning... And you've seen me do it. It's a ritual. And I, the first thing I do is always stick my nose in it and take a big whiff of it because mm-hmm. I absolutely love the way coffee smells. It's, it's like part of the, the, the ritual. Yeah. It's part of the ritual of starting the enjoyment yeah. is the sensory yeah. aroma and it, warmth. Like the Folgers ad is real. It is a real thing. And then how was it not being able to taste food? Because I think that that is something that's heavily overlooked is like how much pleasure you derive from like actually eating. Like not being able to taste bacon. How did that? How did that strike? You? Oh, I was joking with my friends that like I'm, I'm eating food for texture now. <laughs> I just want something that's like either crispy or like a little gooey or like I'm just gonna eat gummies. Right. I don't care. I'm yeah. gonna have soylent. It's gonna be so cheap. I don't have to go to the market. Oh God, that's strange. I can't even. And everything just tasted and smelled like metal. 
like blood iron metal, mm. like breathing in canned oxygen, like metal yeah. for a month. Yeah, that sounds terrible. That and then sounds... like I was eating spoonfuls of hot sauce and I couldn't get anything. You couldn't get nothing. No, it was like everything that came with it, mm-hmm. like the, oh, the, the burning in the mouth, mm-hmm. the kind of like warm tummy feeling, mm-hmm. sweating, all of that was there. No taste of spice at all. Oh. And it was like that ghost pepper, whatever, scorpion, Tabasco. I know. You've got some shit in here that will light like light up. Yeah, I was just going around like spooning yeah. shit and not being able to do anything about it. Yeah. I came back to our beautiful home sweet home, Jackson. Straight back to strange mask, weird mask mandate stuff out of nowhere. Which is odd because, first of all, Wyoming is not a... They've like removed their masking mandate long ago. Um, well, they brought it back and then it went away and then they brought it back. And then Yeah, I was so confused because I'm like, I was gone for a bit and then I came back and then like suddenly we're like, we're back to masking. And I was like, what? I feel like I've seen this movie before. Like, are we going backwards right it's, now? It's like, Groundhog Day with, like, with the Groundhog mask mandate. Day, yeah, with mask mandate shit. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And so it just, especially in the places where like they're trying to make people wear masks in restaurants still, which I find highly fucking hilarious where like if you walk in and they're like, sir, you need to put on a mask, please. Okay. I'm going to wear a mask so I can stand here amongst all the people sitting around me in this tight little space. Mouths open, talking, talking and eating with no mask on. Spitting on their food. Yes. Like sitting there like mere feet in the little like waiting area where you stand there next to the hostess waiting for your table. I'm going to wear a mask and then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to walk five feet and sit down and take my mask off. And then I'm going to be literally with people surrounded with people not wearing masks. So the whole thing. Yet, yet when you walk in to approach said hostess and you're not wearing your mask, Mm -hmm. everyone that is seated looks at you funny. Yeah. Like you're an asshole. Yeah. Like, can you believe this? Who's this bastard? Who's this fuck while they're sitting here, sitting like six feet away from you, fucking at a table full of people eating. With the mask hanging on the one ear. Yeah. And then strangely enough, like it's sporting season. So we've had all of these stadiums full of people and there's been no spikes. There's been no super spreader events. There's been no hospitals being overrun with patients. There's been, because you know damn well that the mainstream media, because that supports their narrative. Right. Would fucking jump all over that if like there was a football game that everybody went to. Or some concert. Yeah. Or some some concert or something happened. And then suddenly everybody, like the hospital became overflowing and like they had to set up tents and put people on oxygen in the fucking parking lot. Good thing we got all our nurses all vaccinated. Right. Yeah. COVID common sense. So let's let's talk about some COVID common sense numbers because this is this is the shit that cracks me. I'm like, what fucking planet am I on right now? So early on, I've heard numbers as as basically in between 20 and 40 percent. They said there's a percentage of the population, and I believe I fall into this percentage of the population because I've been exposed to COVID several times and have not gotten any COVID or or maybe I did and I just I don't have any zero symptoms. So I think I'm one of these ginger O positive superhumans that doesn't isn't affected like my like my body's just, you just like, don't get it. Yeah. My body's like, Oh, that's cute. Hi COVID. You're so cute. You had some pill they gave you back in the yeah, day. I don't know what happened to me. Maybe it was the cocktail of like all the other, va- maybe it was like the 16 shots of anthrax yeah, that I got. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I find it funny that like supposedly we're in between as a country, I've heard numbers as high as 76%. I've heard we're in between 50 and 76% vaccinated. Mm-hmm. That's 50 to 76% of our country is now vaccinated. So then there was 25 to 40% of us right out of the gate, like me, that don't even get it. Right. Or they get it. Maybe we get it, but it just doesn't doesn't affect us at all. Right. So let's do the math on that. Let's Co- just go high numbers real quick. Let's just, let's just do best case scenario to support our fucking argument, which is because that's what everybody else does. So we're going to say 76% of the country is vaccinated. Then we're going to say 40% of us before this shit even kicked off. We didn't even get COVID. So what's the numbers there? Let's, let's do 40, what's 40 plus 76. That's 116%. Mm-hmm. So let me get this straight. We are at 76% immunized. And then we have maybe 40% of us that don't get it, but then we're not at herd immunity. When 116%, which I don't even know how 116% can be a thing. But. Well, you're 100% disabled. So I don't know how you're walking. Right. They do, they do <laughs> math. Like they do math. Like the fucking VA does on our fucking. Yeah. Our, they just add it all up yeah, and the our, numbers work out. Right. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, they do math like the VA. 
So I'm I'm really confused by all of this because they're cherry picking whichever number they want. Right, and so then let's go ahead, which and is why it varies between mm -hmm. 56 and 70, whatever. And let's crank the numbers down. Let's go. Let's go down all the way. Let's just say that only 10% of the country is naturally immune to COVID, but we still have 76%. That puts us at 86%. Mm -hmm. But we still don't. 86% of the country is good, but we still don't have any herd immunity. I thought you could attain herd well, immunity. What if, about all the people that got COVID and didn't die? Right. And have natural immunity, and, supposedly. Yeah. So let's factor them in. Now we're like at 150%. Right. Yeah. Do you see people how none of these fucking numbers make sense? Also, like to, to just lay it out there, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Like, I just find it really suspect that the hysteria doesn't... The hysteria and the science don't, in my opinion, don't... Or I'm, what's the way I want to say this? Because that was wrong. The data and the facts don't support the hysteria that's going on. Still, still to the to science that they are claiming, right? The science, to be fact, yes, creates yes. the hysteria by the mysterious fact checkers that fucking strangely fuck a lot of things up. Yeah, there's not. I just don't think the I don't think the data supports the hysteria. It just doesn't. I don't understand like why. And frankly, I've never seen the government, the US government push something so hard, which leaves a lot of room for skepticism. And well, then all the little dirty secrets. Let's talk about the dirty secret, the rumor mill that's popping up. Like like tie, tying in getting the vaccine with your return to normal life mm -hmm. so that people want to do that and get incentivized to go get stuck in the arm. Yeah. And then let's tie that to the fact that there's 76 congressmen and senators out there that are financially invested in Pfizer and Moderna, mm -hmm. to include the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, who thinks she has Moderna stock mm -hmm. or Pfizer stock. Maybe she has both. But we've got people that are making it or trying to, attempting to take away people's individual freedoms, and which is the kind of the sticking point for me. Like I don't like, I don't like hypocrisy in any way, shape, or form. So it really bothers me that you've got one side of the house that's like, my body, my choice when it comes to COVID. Then you've got the other side of the house that's like, my body, my choice when it comes to abortion. And then the thing that also really bothers me with the hypocrisy of uh, the left is they're completely good with killing babies, but they're not okay with you maintaining your individual freedom. They're like, they're like, you're killing grandma. You're going to kill yeah, grandma. You're going to kill grandma and you're my gonna parents You're going to kill grandma and, grandpa. and you're going to kill my parents and you're going to kill me. But yeah. And you're putting my kids at risk because yeah. they're not at school licking doorknobs. Yeah. But then it's okay for them to support, which I don't want to sound hypocritical because I am pro-choice, but it's, I'm pro-choice because with conditions like killing children as a measure of birth control in the third trimester. I don't support that. Like, I don't support, like, you made some bad life choices, got drunk, got banged, got knocked up, and then you decide to, you, like, carry the baby to the third Until, trimester. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, you know, this doesn't seem like such a good idea. Let's kill this fucking thing. I don't want it anymore. Yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Now, that's in the case that I don't su support abortion, really. The case that I do support abortion is if it, you're some 14-year-old girl that got kidnapped and got correct sex trafficked and then got knocked up. And now you're 14 years old. You've gone through all of this trauma and now you're that young in life and you don't, you don't know, you know, like any, any, any child or any, any, um, female child below the age of 18 that's been abused like that now being forced to carry a baby to term, I completely disagree with. And then having to probably take care of that baby and let's give it up for adoption. Right. And what Which if you don't want to give it up? You right. can't support it because you're 14 years old, so you can't Correct. legally attain work. So how are you going to support that Correct. child? And maybe your parents are dead. Or disowned you because you got, or because you got taken away and raped or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You never know. You never know what the circumstances are. Or so I support abortion in that, in that regard. I also support abortion in regard to if the child has some type of, or I should say the fetus or the baby or whatever, whatever we want to classify it as the glob of cells. Once we can ascertain whether it's going to have massive birth defects or some type of weird disease, or if it's going to put the mother and the baby, primarily the mother in any type of health risk where right. her life and safety could be in danger by even delivering that baby. Or if the baby's born, it's not going to have any quality of life because it's so massively messed up from whatever genetic problem there is. Like, which is I also fucked up because that depending on which country you're. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so I support, uh, I, I support things to, you know, in my, like, that's the beauty of being in the middle of the road. Being in the middle of the road is being able to use common sense and critical thinking skills to decide the best way forward, not the right way forward or the left way forward. So being, being fed by memes. Yes. As yes. Meme, which is skunk works calls it. Yeah. It's a high percentage of our population that thinks that there's memes out there that are true. I mean, I really 
some of the Alec Baldwin memes might be true. In <laughs> like, I hope he gets yeah. a teardrop tattoo. Yeah, on his face, yeah. Yeah, COVID common sense. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I, I default to individual freedoms. If you are in a high-risk health category and you want to protect yourself by getting 46, like getting three shots and 46 boosters of whatever COVID vaccine, and you want to wear a mask everywhere you go to include outside and direct sunlight, which I still fucking laugh my ass about. Or if you're in a car driving by yourself with a mask on Mm -hmm. because you're that scared about your life, then, okay, I'm going to laugh at you and make fun of you, but I'm not going to come up to you in your face and be like, you stupid motherfucker and rip the mask off your face and punch you. I'm not going to do that. Right. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be confrontational about it. You're not going to go impose your opinion on them and tell them what they should do. Yeah. Like people have done to me because I don't like to wear them. I thought the masking thing was complete fucking horseshit because there's no science to support it or data for that matter. So yeah, I thought the masking thing was complete bullshit and people fucking came out of every nook and cranny to tell me how fucking much of a monster I am because I didn't believe in wearing fucking masks on my face. What? Right. Yeah. Which what's funny to me is I don't do that to other people. I don't go out to people that I disagree with and see that they're wearing a mask. Ha ha. You're wearing a chin diaper. Be like, you stupid motherfucker. You're in direct sunlight outside right now. Your chance of catching COVID right now with this light breeze that's blowing is about as much chance as you winning the lottery and becoming president of the United States in the same fucking year. So, yeah, I don't, I don't understand those type of things. So, COVID, you know, COVID common sense. I'm waiting for the day I'm standing outside and someone tells me to move downwind of them. <laughs> oh, yes. So, I mean, yeah, I just I don't understand. I still don't understand the hysteria behind everything uh, and everything that's going on. And even, like, I have really good friends that are healthcare professionals. And they just, like, every time I bring this up to them, their eyes glaze over and they're just like, oh, God. And they have their own opinions of it. And, I don't know, it's... It is what it is. Uh, we'll just keep... I'm just going to keep doing me. So Until you get COVID. Yeah. And when I get it, I'm probably... If I get it, because I've been exposed to it, I know for a fact I've been exposed to it like at least three times now. Like in direct close contact with people that like the next day were like, oh God, I... Yeah, it, 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 it took me three times before I got it. And I didn't yeah. even know who I got it from. Mm-hmm. I was at a place with old people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there you go. So yeah, I'm just going to keep doing me. And... We'll, we'll, I guess we'll just continue. I'll just continue to sit on the sidelines and watch the fuckery go down, go back and forth. But uh, yeah, I think it's completely stupid. Uh, let's see. Number three. Why haven't we gone back to the moon? Oh, man. I'm going to say budget I mean, this or is, aliens. This is, this is a good... Well, I mean, there's, of course, the tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists that think that it was all made up shit anyway they Which, think that it never happened they think that it was like done in a te- in like a television studio to like fuck with the russians i don't necessarily i believe don't that. personally believe that i don't believe that either i think that it's pretty hard to hide fucking rockets blasting off from cape canaveral that have fucking astronauts and mm-hmm. i don't know how you faked that part or of like equation. convince thousands and thousands of workers that work in the field mm-hmm. of computers yeah. and making sure the chips work and yeah. making spacesuits and building rockets and yeah. refueling rockets and moving them to Cape Canaveral and yeah, all yeah. that. Or the, you know, the Air Force PJs that have to like get on boats and like go, go out and get them from the water in the, the capsule. Yeah, get the dig the ca- get the capsule out of the water and get the astronauts out of the water. So, yeah, that's a long chain of like that's a lot of like if you can like pull all that together and fool all of those world's people, best con man yeah it's the world's best con job right there plus you've got buzz aldrin almost punching people in the face when they say no he did oh he actually yeah punched he punched him. the dude oh, okay i didn't know he actually punched him yeah good, good job good job buzz <laughs> i support that yeah i support punching. if someone walked up to me and were like you didn't go to the moon i would punch them too yeah yeah especially if i you actually went to the moon and walked on the moon put a flag up there so why haven't we been back to the moon i mean so here's what i love all things space i'm a total fucking space nerd we've talked about this several times if i'm fucking 90 and elon musk has finally got a colony on mars and anybody can go and i'm fucking 90 i'm going to goddamn mars i'll die on mars i'll be the first fucking dude to die on mars you can bury my ass on mars well if if william shatner can sit on a rocket and go to space at whatever age he is 90 whatever like the i don't oldest, know google how, how the old, oldest person to go is, to space is he the oldest person to go to yeah, space? yeah yeah they did that like last month who did he go with uh jeff bezos i think they were only in space for like 10 minutes on there like who the fuck point. is funding bezos's expedition i mean that was a stupid that was a fucking, stupid, that fucking, was a question. stupid <laughs> fucking question that's not what i meant okay that's not the context of <laughs> He is obviously funding his stuff. Who's who is um, facilitating is what I meant to say. 
sorry, TBI moment, not funding, facilitating. Who's facilitating his blasting off into space? He, William Shatner went to space at the age of 90, and I think their space program is Blue Origin. Yeah, so I'll be like it's William. It's Jeff Bezos's company. It's called Blue Origin? Yeah. Okay, so he's he's trying to be like Elon, which he can't do. Who's trying to be like Richard Branson right? with but, Virgin. But I feel like Elon's he's actually smart and actually a great designer and has a good team of people. You just want to go to the Tesla casino on the moon? Fuck yeah, I want to go to, on, on Mars. <laughs> I want to go to the Tesla casino on Mars and like play fucking blackjack when I'm 90. Yeah, sign me the fuck up. I love space. So when you brought this up the other day and you're like, why the fuck haven't we been back to the moon yet? I was wondering the same thing because we just watched Inspiration 4 blast off and successfully put four civilians in space, mm -hmm. which I thought was super fucking cool. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, the, the premise is great. Yeah. The scientific part is awesome. Yeah. And I think that it's also amazing that they raised as much money as they did for St. Jude for, for, you know, to help with children's cancer i think that's amazing because they raised over 200 million dollars yep. for cancer research for kids so that was fucking badass but the fact that we just put four civilians and what did they train they trained for like what four months five mm -hmm. months not long but, it wasn't long yeah they, they got the armageddon program right yeah yeah they took a bunch of civilians yep. put them in spacesuits, put them in the water tank yeah flew them around in some jets yeah put them in some zero g up and up and like flew them in the little special plane up in the sky that like does the climbs and then dives to like make to simulate weight weightlessness they did all that they did all the things they did all the astronaut things mm -hmm. except on a really accelerated timeline and actually did it and they actually and pulled it went off to space yeah very successfully so i think that speaks to the competency of the spacex team that facilitated and and prepped prepped them to do all of right. that like you can take four Joes off the street and put them through four months of training and then blast them like, off. Like space. a summer camp of astronaut yeah. training. Yeah, it was like Like how camp. long are those like space camps, right, yes. for kids? Right, yeah. Like a month, mm -hmm. two months? So they, they go up to space. And not only did they go to space successfully, they have flown in the highest orbit that anybody has yet to do. Higher than the SR-71. Yep. Higher than the Blackbird. Higher yep. than the... Higher than you everybody. Too. Higher yeah. than everyone. Yeah, higher than the Higher space than the station. balloon that yeah. Felix jumped out of. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I forgot what they said. I think it was like 525,000 feet or some shit like space. that. Space. Yeah, it was in space. <laughs> You're on the most <laughs> outer cares? ring of orbit, gravitational orbit on planet Earth. Before you float off. Yeah, before you just like float into okay, space. Okay, bye. Yeah, okay, see you later. Going to the moon. What do you think? Why do you think we haven't been back to the moon? Why do you, and here's this. Why are we trying to skip and go straight? Like, why is Elon Musk trying to skip? and go straight to Mars when the moon is sitting right there. You would think that you would want to just like maybe reach up and grab that next rung on the ladder instead of like skipping six or seven rungs. Because that's not how billionaires think. And that's not how humans want to act. They want like, we've been in the moon. Let's go to Mars. Yeah. Is that is that not what you would do? I don't know. Like I would, I, <laughs> I don't know what I would do in that situation. I would want to be able to, go, Is there's not some like legal thing about like countries owning the moon. Is there? I don't think so. No, I, I think the moon's up for grabs. I think space... Now that you've said that, China's going to go fly their ass to the moon. I mean, fuck. Somebody should do it. But that's a point, right? Like, why Why haven't any of the other space countries... Gone? I know. When did So when did we originally land on the moon? Was it 60... What, it was 60 we were last there in 72. In, was it 72? Yeah, I think it was 72 or 74. Okay. I that was, know, a, I that, know that was Apollo that. 14. Google it. I want to know the date, just for my own personal. So I thought it was like 69. Do you want first to the moon or last left the moon? Let's do both. First, first moon, first person, date of the first person on the moon. July 20, 1969. That's what I thought. 69. Okay. So I'm not as stupid as I thought. Okay. So 69. And then how many missions did we do to the moon? The we last, we had Apollo 11, which was the first, right? Yeah. But wasn't there one that just went up there and just orbited the moon? Like it yeah, flew yeah, yeah. from yeah, earth yeah. to the moon and went around the yep. moon and orbited and then came back. Correct. Yep. Apollo 17 was the last one that touched down in December 1972. Okay. And they were the first they were the first and the last to actually set foot on the moon, correct? No. There's been 12 people that have gone to the moon. Okay, so we've so run multiple like three moon missions. Okay, so we yeah. ran multiple moon missions. Yeah. Okay, well then why the fuck haven't we been back? It's haunted. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, there's always that conspiracy I'm theory. I'm going like to say that there isn't another country that's like trying to push you politically, so you're not going to take the risk and spend all the money that you would need to go for a joy ride back to the moon as a political dick flex. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And I suppose if we're being trying to become an interplanetary species, which is Elon Musk's goal, it's not technically an, a 
planet because it's the moon. So, I mean, I guess that would answer our question on like why you would skip, skip the, the moon, moon and go to Mars. Well, what's your prediction? How, how long do you think it's going to take us before we can land people on the moon? I believe a high-ranking individual by the name of Pence in the last administration said that there was a moon program for 24. However, I think their funding got cut. Hmm, strange. I think it was called the Artemis program. Ooh, now I'm going to have to look that up because I don't know what the fuck that is, but mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll check into that. So basically, we're not spending the money to go back is what we're doing. Okay, well, Unless we discover oil. Well, there. I can completely, right. <laughs> <laughs> I completely support Elon Musk's, I mean, everything that he does, is, I'm like super intrigued with, but I su super support the space mission stuff. Like, I think it's awesome. Especially I, th I think a private company is going to go back to the moon before any sort of government runs. space You're probably program, correct, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I think that uh, going to Mars is awesome. Like, I was just blown away when I saw, because I followed NASA on... Uh, Instagram mm -hmm. and one day I was like scrolling through my feed and like they had landed some like four four wheeler or a couple of them on Mars and they were beaming back like 4k video yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like panoramic 4k yeah from stream the, from the surface of Mars and I was like we are in the fucking future we've got four wheelers with cameras on them and little mechanical robot arms driving around fucking taking like dirt samples yeah taking dirt samples and doing fucking alien Mars selfies and fucking sending them back mm -hmm. through space and time. And we have a Tesla with a fake spacesuit guy floating through space to God knows where. Yeah, I remember that. And yet when we're in the woods, you can't get a phone signal. I know. What's up, Elon? <laughs> like, what's up with like Starlink? Can we get the Starlink thing going? And then maybe the Neuralink thing. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be a first adopter of Neuralink. Oh, no, I'll be like Gen 5. Yeah, I'm going to wait until they perfect the technology before I have anyone attach anything surgically into my brain. But I am super, super interested in the technology and like what it can do and where we can go with that. Like all the things that I've heard about Neuralink and like the proposed capabilities of it, like it's all like sci-fi channel shit. Yeah, you're hacking the human brain with mm -hmm. human like binary programming. Yeah, you're combining you're combining man and machine essentially. You're 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 creating cybernetic organisms. Androids. Yeah. We're all going to be androids. Yeah, you're you're creating cybernetic organisms at that point. So, I'm interested to see where that goes. And then you won't need a spaceship to go to the moon. You mm -hmm. can just tell your oxygen to be self-regulating and then the fucking float that, wherever you want. Yeah, fuck. The things that you can do with it, I'm like super excited about it. So yeah, well, I guess we don't have an answer for why we haven't been back to the moon. We haven't been back to the moon, I guess, because there's no viable reason to go back to the moon. I don't know. If anybody out there knows why we haven't been back to the moon or you've got some wild, crazy-ass fucking theories, or maybe you want to talk about maybe there's aliens that live there or like space fucking centipedes or some shit. I don't know. Like Dune. Yeah, it's like which we're going to tonight. DM me or shoot me an email, info at Lone Element, because I would love to hear why you guys think, what your opinions are and why we haven't been back to the moon. If you work in the aerospace industry and have a cool job, please send us an email. Yes, I would fucking <laughs> love to get somebody on the show that can talk space. Okay, number four, movie theaters and popcorns and sneaking in food. I love the talking points that you came up with. Yeah, what food, food are you going to sneak in a dune? So I'm going to my first movie in like two years. I'm right. going back to my first movie. And here's the thing is I loved movies. Before COVID kicked off, like I would go to, I would go to movies usually at least twice a month. Like I would go to the movies to see even like shit movies. Yeah, because I love going. There's something that's like making coffee in the morning. There's something, there's something ritualistic and fun about like going to the movie getting your little fucking terrible diabetes ridden snacks mm -hmm. and going and sitting there and like watching, watching, watching a movie on the big screen. I love it. With all the sound. Yeah. And, and, and all the other people. Yeah. There's just something amazing about it. And I love it. And the fact that it was taken away from me by COVID fucking super pissed me off. I was like, well, there goes my fucking childhood in movies. Like this is, my, I don't know. Next thing somebody's going to tell me is that I can't drink IPA or eat pizza. And then there's just really no reason to live at that point. COVID happened and then the movies got shut down and then all of a sudden the streaming services were like king. I know. It was like watching the death of Blockbuster and the rise of Netflix all over again. I mean, I used to love to go to the video store when I was a kid too. Rent VHS tapes. Blockbuster? I used to go to Blockbuster when I was a kid. Blockbuster was awesome. I loved going to Blockbuster. In my, in my day, it wasn't like Netflix and chill with chicks. You would like go to Blockbuster together, walk through Blockbuster, pick out a movie together. That was foreplay for you? That was foreplay. In the middle of Yeah. If you're Gen if you're Gen you Xer, if you're if you're Generation X, this is how we used to do it. We used to go to 
Blockbuster and rent a movie and buy like you could buy like uh, microwave popcorn mm-hmm. at Blockbuster. Of course, so you get a couple packs of microwave popcorn. You'd go walk through there, you know, pick out your movie together, and then you would go take it to either a friend's house or to you know whatever parents were we're working or out of town or, or parents that were dumb enough to sponsor the events that would ensue. Yeah, that would the account, the sexual activity that would happen mm-hmm. on the family sofa underneath the blanket. While said movie was playing. Let's see here. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, you said what What are you sneaking into the theater tonight? Yeah. I mean, definitely an IPA. There's going to be a Melvin in my pocket for sure. For fucking sure there's going to be a Melvin in my I'm pocket. Like, do, do I do the diabetes movie snacks or do I do the McDonald's sneak in? That's the thing. Yeah. I mean. Because in New York, we used to do the halal food sneak in. Oh. And then you'd open the little tray and everyone would turn around because it would smell like a fucking roach coach. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I used to do all of those things, too, especially here. When I first moved here to Jackson, like I was telling you today, like the my favorite beer was at uh, Snake River Brewery before Melvin was a thing, big thing here. And uh, I would go the, uh, what was it called? The Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. The, Obi-Wan, the, or- organic, the organic brown yeah. ale. And it was my favorite beer, and I absolutely loved it. And I would go sneak those in. I'd put like a four pack. I'd have like two in my front pants pockets and two jacket, pockets. jacket pockets. And I'd walk in there and I'd drink like three or four beers while I sit there and watch the movie. I mean, but that's the nice thing too about Wyoming is when you go to the movies and it's Wyoming, it's mm-hmm. usually cold. Yeah. So you have a big ass puffy jacket. You yeah. can be like, I've got all my sour candies mm-hmm. in here and then my chocolates in here, my yeah. beers in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And then I got my... Yeah. But then there would also be times where exactly what you're talking about, where like the movie time... Movie was priority over eating, but you wanted to eat because you were hungry. And like mm-hmm. movie timeline was like hitting right when dinner time is supposed mm-hmm. to be hitting and you're supposed to be eating something. Yep. So you, yeah, you'd hit the drive through. There'd been many times where I've like put a burrito of some type in my pocket and I've like gone in with a burrito in one pocket and a beer in the other pocket. Of course. And I've sat there and I've like, you ate, can't have one and not the other. Yeah. I've sat there and ate my burrito yeah. and drank my beer. The funniest thing is like when you're sitting there and like you crack a beer open and some people I've seen other people, they try to be really quiet about it where they're like waiting for like an action filled moment. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. The stealth open. Yeah. And they're like, you yeah. know, and they're yeah. like trying to do it as quiet as possible during the first like opening gunfight. Yeah. Me. I just never gave a fuck. I still don't give a fuck. You'll watch me tonight. The quietest moment. I'll be like, and like then I'll look around and people will be like looking at me and they know exactly what I'm doing they're oh like, yeah because they're sitting there like fuck I should have brought a beer yeah. they're like this motherfucker has the balls to actually bring a beer into the theater how dare him even though there's things called brew and view people I don't know check it out sometime but yeah tonight I don't know what I'm going to do because I haven't been to a movie in two years and so my tradition when I go to the movie if I don't have a beer with me and I'm not smuggling in a burrito or a Big Mac I usually do really salty buttery popcorn and then I take M&M's and I fucking dump M&M's into the popcorn and mix it up. So, so I you have, have to like, pre-buy M&M's or do you buy them at the movie theater? I mean, it depends on what kind of hurry I'm in. If I'm in a hurry to get to the theater, then I'll like buy them there. I'll pay the like $18 for the fucking pack of M&M's. That costs more than the movie ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The M&M's and the popcorn that cost more than the movie ticket. I will do that. Or I will, if I have time and I can par- properly plan, which we've got some lead time tonight, so I can like I can pop properly plan this. And I think it's going to really boil down to a last minute thing on like whether I do IPAs and like a double quarter pounder with cheese or whether it's going to be, which sounds really good right now, may yeah. happen, or whether I just walk in there and like, yeah, give me the fucking, give me the popcorn, extra butter and Pack of M&M's right Big there. Big pack of M&M's. That pack of M&M's because you get the sweet and salty together. Your cinema trail mix. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Cinema trail mix. Fucking A. So yeah, so that's, I think that's what's going to occur tonight. Uh, and then we're going to Dune, which was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Speaking like, of remakes. The book was good. Then the movie was good. Yeah, so I'm a, I've been a Dune fan for a really long time. I've actually been wondering why it's taken this long for a remake. It was one of those movies that I was always like, they're going to remake that someday. I thought they would make like a TV show out of it. Yeah, that's because the, other thing the universe too. is expanded enough in the book that you can like. Yeah, that you could totally you can build make a, upon it. I bet you, depending on the success of the movie, the remake, mm. it could cause a spinoff, and they could do someone's gonna buy the somebody's rights. gonna do a TV show like they do with all of the superhero shit. Yeah. Okay. On retro, old is new, cool. All right. What was that? In, what was that? In, what, what's that in relation to? Are we talking about your your? Well, between you? between remaking old movies. Oh, and yeah. our talk about snowboards and design influence and how everyone's 
going back to how it started. Yeah, I mean they're I mean retro is the definitely the in cool thing right now. I believe they're called hipsters, but like I don't want to acknowledge that. <laughs> but I'm not a hipster and I enjoy some retro things. Not all retro things. Like you know, roller skating can is a thing that can just fucking fuck straight it, off. It can like, go away. Yeah, it can go away. It can die. Um but there are some things that I find like really cool that are retro. Like vinyl. I think vinyl's cool. Like I don't own a record player. Mm-hmm. I don't have any records. But my friends that do I got rid of mine. I'm looking at you, Rick Elder. The I love record collections. I love I love to watch people like baby their vinyl and like wipe it down with the little fleece cloths and like put it in the little paper sleeve and then put it in the cardboard sleeve and then put it in the plastic sleeve and then put it in its alphabetic slot in, in whatever the, in the milk crate. Yeah, in the like milk a piece crate. Of shit milk crate. Yeah, exactly. So like I I I love records and I like to watch people do that with their records, but I don't. Uh, there's you know other things that are Man- retro. manual transmission. I love manual transmissions. That's retro. That is now. Yeah. Oh, we were joking around about this earlier. We were talking about how, so I was dating this girl once upon a time and she was much younger than me. Half my age plus seven. That's my rule. And so she, I said, put we were traveling someplace and we we're on a road trip and I was like, put on some, put on classic rock. And in my head, I'm like, I wanted to hear what I consider classic rock because I was born in 77 and so <laughs> everyone's doing the math right yeah now. everybody's doing the math i'm 44 people anyway i'm a child of the 80s anyway we were traveling i was like put on classic rock she puts on nirvana which is classic ish i mean if for you someone were, of her age it's for someone of her age yeah, it was, it was cla- it's it, yeah it was classic rock to her she looked at me because i looked over at her and i was like what the fuck are you doing and she's like what and i'm like nirvana is classic i was like I, I asked for classic rock she's like this is classic rock and she got a little bit of an attitude with me. And I was like, uh, no, uh, that's, I go, that's so sweet. No, that is not classic rock. I was like, I was talking about some Jimmy fucking Hendrix. I was talking about some Janis Joplin, some Steppenwolf, some Leonard Skinner, some Creedence Clearwater Revival. You know, that's classic rock. And then she said something that like really hurt my soul a little bit. She said, how fucking old are you, old man? She's like, because I'm 29 years old. And guess what? Nirvana came out. 20 years ago for me. So guess mm-hmm. what? This is fucking classic rock for me. Metallica is classic rock. Yeah. Megadeth is classic rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anthrax. Anthrax. Slayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently if you're over 20 years, tw- is it 20 or 25? 25. I would say 25. Classic rock is Nirvana. Oh man, that's so scary to me. That means like, that means that fucking Stone Temple Pilots. Dead Kennedys. Foo Fighters. Fuck. A lot of things that I used to enjoy. Everyone that wasn't classic rock and was considered punk is now classic. Oh my God. Don't (laughs) say those things to me. Just because of the timeline. Oh my fuck. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, there are retro things that are cool. Like I'm enjoying watching. I'm enjoying the Jack Cars and the Mike Glovers of the world build their old Toyotas. Old Toyotas. I mean, the resurgence of the old vehicle. I'm into it. It's like our generation's doing the hot rodding. Mm -hmm. It is for sure. But yeah. you're you're not hot rotting it. Yeah. You're restoring it to like mm-hmm. the old. With some with the flavor of new. With yeah. The flavor like of new. A, yeah, for safety issues and emission mm-hmm. issues. Right. Yeah. And like so it doesn't fall apart mm-hmm. on you next week issues. Yeah. Or if a, you know a VW fucking rabbit hits you, you don't die. But it's it's the opposite of the hot rod, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're like souping it all up. Yeah. On the inside, the outside. Is like, mm-hmm. eh. Yeah. I mean, make it look pretty. Yeah, I I love it. I love what's going on with cars. And yeah, you're right, manual manual transmissions. And yeah, there's some things that I do really enjoy about my childhood that aren't really a big thing or don't exist anymore. It's really kind of scary. Like, remember, I <laughs> I brought over one of my storage tubs and it had my CD collection in it, or mm-hmm. like a piece of my CD collection. In it. Mm-hmm. It, CDs and I, I flipped through there. I was kind of sad when I flipped through there because there was some great music in there. Once some of the some that we've we've listed some of here. the classic yeah rock. some of the classic rock we've listed here. And so I was flipping through that and I was like, holy fuck! I don't even know where I could get a CD player anymore. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure I could like Google it. I guess you gotta go like, like eBay. Yeah, but I'm like, I feel I, in that moment I felt ancient, like a dinosaur. Where I'm like looking at compact discs. I'm looking at CDs in my mm-hmm. CD sleeve holder, Velcro like portfolio. Yeah, the giant booklet. Yeah, album the, yeah. of CDs that everyone had yep. in their cars between mm-hmm. when CDs came out and yep. like what 2010? No, 2005? No, no, no. It was 90s. It was in the 90s, late 90s, mid to late 90s is when CDs came out. I'm pretty sure. 
I know my generation still had CDs. Yeah, they came out in like late, because I remember I had them in high school. CDs were like the rage when I was in high school. They were dying when I got to high school. Yeah. And yeah, then so we now, had like MDs, mm-hmm, the mini, micro, mi, yeah. mini discs, yeah, mini discs, and that died. And then CDs came back, and then now we have digital everything. Yeah, everything is about streaming. So, so is the retro thing like a grasp and a holding on to like an analog version? Of what can be. I mean, I'm still about some analog because as you, as you know, and as we've demonstrated a few times, tech is only tech. Tech is your friend until it's not your friend. Until there's no power. Yeah. Until there's no electricity or until you have, don't upload an update or your device is so old that the company that makes it is like, yeah, we're not supporting that anymore. And then it shits the bed on you and then you have to go buy a new one. And then you don't understand how to fucking, how all the new updates or tech works. And then there's a, there's a variety of reasons. Or you bring your old laptop in and they're like, oh, no, we can't replace the battery. Why not? They don't exist anymore. Yeah, we don't make those anymore. This is only a 2014 laptop. Yeah, you're like, this is a 2014 <laughs> and they don't exist anymore? Correct. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, look at that thing. It's ancient. Yeah. Like, it's been working fine for me. Thanks, Apple. <laughs> Thanks, Apple, you fuckers. Thanks, Johnny Ives, you fuck. Uh, anyway. Three okay. designers. Three designers. Like what kind of designers? Because there's, I mean, the d- designing. I assumed you'd be like John Moses Browning, Eugene Stoner, uh, right? Mikhail Kalishnikov, Gaston Glock. Um. Okay. Well, let's do let's do classic first. I think that Aero Saarinen was probably my favorite, like OG gangster of industrial design back in the day. Not familiar. He did the St. Louis Arch. Uh, which if you've ever gone and looked at the St. Louis Arch, it's like fucking alien technology. And it was built in... I don't know. I can't remember. I'm sorry I'm failing my teacher right now. I'm sorry, Meredith. I'm, fa- I'm failing you right now. My All that college education? Yeah, my college education. It's called traumatic brain injury. I'm sorry. There's only so much my brain will hold on to. The date that the St. Louis Arch was built. Google it. I'll Google, I'll Google it. What? Let me see. Fuck off. Update notification. Let me see here. Why can't they just put the... I mean, the hours for it are open. Oh, construction started 63. Architect, Aero Saarinen. It opened in 1965. So it only took him two years to build it. But if you've gone and looked at that thing, it is a architectural marvel for fucking sure. Like, I look at that and I'm like, how did they start building it on both sides? And then like build it up to join and meet itself perfectly in the middle. Because if you're like one fucking inch off, Mm -hmm. you know, 500 feet above the ground or whatever the fuck it is, I don't know how tall it is in the middle, but... Oh, it's a 190 meter monument. So, yeah, 190 times fucking 3.3. And have all the finish be perfect. Yeah, and And it's beautifully polished. And it's like got multiple compound curves on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. 627 feet off the ground. When you're 627 feet off the ground, if you're like just a couple inches off and the shit isn't going together right, like you're so fucked. So yeah, if you if anybody hasn't gotten to the St. Louis Arch, I highly recommend you go take a look at it. Also check out Aero Cernan. He was a byproduct. He, he studied with Charles and Ray Eames. He's a friend, friend of the Charles and Ray Eames. Yeah, Eames is one of my favorite designers. Yeah, I mean, you have, I have some Eames, Eames furniture yeah. here in the house, which I love. So I would say that Aero Cernan, probably my favorite classical designer. And he did some like airports and stuff too, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. And the other, oh, so my semester final project was on Leonardo da Vinci. Okay. I went back and forth between doing Elon Musk and Leonardo da Vinci, and I settled on Leonardo da Vinci just because to me it was so super impressive, like the scope and body of his work given the date and the time in which he did it. Like, if you look at his codexes, which are his sketch... Yeah, his little sketchbooks. His little sketchbooks. If you look into his sketch codex, he was designing tanks and helicopters and fucking hang gliders and was like... And studying anatomy. Studying anatomy and, like, physiology and was a painter and a sculptor and an architect. And, like, the dude was just... He fucking did it all. And he did it all at, like, a super high level. But the thing that's super, super impressive to me were his sketches of, like... He he was ideating flight, uh, human flight, Mm -hmm. in 1427. With concepts that were way beyond way way beyond like mechanically way beyond anything yeah that they could have conceptualized yeah yeah and so i'm like giant corkscrew helicopter yeah yeah he was trying to come up with a helicopter he was trying he tried to do a helicopter he tried to he did tank horse horse driven tanks 
with side armor with and side cannons armor. Yeah, and with guns. sloped armor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He did it all of this shit. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, he was amazing. But yeah, Eris Saarinen, I think, has a pretty impressive body work. And uh, just going and looking at the St. Louis Arch was absolutely remarkable. When you, it, it seriously looks like alien technology when you wake up. Well, it looks like an alien ship landed mm-hmm. on fucking planet Earth. Was it Arrival? Yeah. It looks something like that. You should go check it out. Okay. So that would, I would say that would, like, classical designer would be him. Um, let's see. What other types of design do I really enjoy? Hmm. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, obviously, product development's my passion. So I would say, who kind of is in product development? I mean, I guess, you know what? I can like whoever the fuck I want. I would say Elon Musk is probably up there with, like, in terms of, like, what his body of work also and, like, what he's doing and developing in, in terms of like cars that drive themselves he's trying to massive massive teams of people helping him yeah right but whose original concept was it and who organized all the people to fulfill the vision i'm just being devil's advocate fuck your devil's, devil's advocate <laughs> okay because i don't here's what i have to say about that okay it always takes the guy with the idea and the and the ability the desire to like get it done to make shit happen. Oh no, the man owns his own space company. You you can't, that's like irrefutable. He's got rockets that are landing themselves. They can come down on autopilot now and fucking land themselves. He had to call people to ask how much an ICBM costs back in the day. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? Hey, do you guys have ballistic missiles you don't need? Can I buy them? Yeah. Can I, can I buy what rocket? What for? I don't need the warheads. I just need the rocket bodies. Can I, can I buy those? It's just for R&D, don't worry. Right. Oh, he, you're American? What? So he's putting satellites up that are supposed to, they're going to give people access to the internet that have never had access before, which is weird because when you launched the test flight not too long ago over the summer, it scared the shit out of me. I was out camping with Lacey in the middle of nowhere, Idaho, and I saw these fucking weird things flying through the sky and didn't know because there was no cell phone reception that I, I thought we were either under attack. You I saw lights in the sky yeah, all thought, moving together yeah, in a straight line. yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, that's not good. That's really not good. I thought either aliens had, are finally here. I was like, me and Joe Rogan are going to have a p- fucking party. Yep. Or we're under attack. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got Neuralink going on. He's got fucking Starlink going on. He's got SpaceX going on. He's got Tesla going on. He came up with PayPal because mm-hmm. he fucking hated banks. Correct. I mean, the guy's got a fucking substantial body of work. He's very impressive to me. Mm-hmm. I would love to meet him someday and just fucking shake his hand and be like, you're rad. You named your kid weird. Yeah, <laughs> you did, but who gives who cares? a fuck? If, if you, you can, can do whatever the fuck if you, you can, want. If you can give me internet in the middle of fucking like nowhere and I can stream, if I can stream Netflix on my phone in the middle of fucking nowhere, I'm, I'm into that. I'm into that. I'm super into that. It's a level of connectivity that you really want, but you might regret in the future. I mean, the thing that scares me about the Neuralink shit is the fucking, how do you shut it off? An Asian's going to hack your brain. Right. And then you and then use you as like a human robot to run around and murder people. That's the thing I'm worried about is like, once humans like establish a symbiotic relationship with technology in this regard, how do you... And we're also talking about a brilliant man who is deathly terrified of fucking AI. Correct. So I'm like, wait a second. You're deathly terrified of AI, but you're giving us the pathway to hook AI into the human brain. Mm-hmm. That does not make sense. But I see, I, I, I see based on other interviews that I've heard with him, what I think he's more about the advancement of humankind than he is about anything nefarious that might be going on. Right. He doesn't care about that. And you I don't, can't tell me there isn't a government contract that would ensue because of Neuralink. Oh, for fucking sure. Yeah. I mean, there's government contracts going on because of all the other shit that he's doing. Well, so. of course. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. So let's, yeah, let's not, let's not get confused on that. Uh, the, yeah. So I would say Elon Musk. And then I guess if you brought it down to my level, maybe directly in my space. Ooh, wow. Let me think about this for a minute. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would have to really give that some consideration. Because I, I don't think it's anything that I've ever thought about before. It's a really good question. Like, who is my favorite peer-level designer? Mm-hmm. I mean, right off the top of my head, for soft goods, I would probably say Tyler Sigurd. Tyler, if you're listening to this, what's up, bro? Tyler worked at Eagle. He was one of the original gangsters over Eagle. And then he left Eagle when Eagle sold to ATK. And he went to um, SKD Tactical up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he helped bring the uh, Brigandine yep. plate carrier system and to the- market. Yeah, he helped bring that to market. The first, He worked on MBAV, at, uh, which won a SOCOM contract. At Eagle, he worked on MBAV. So, and that won a, that one, that was like the pl- Eagle plate carrier. The MBAV plate carrier was the plate carrier of 
SOCOM during the early days of the war on terror. So he worked on that project. He worked on the Brigandine with SKD. And then he went to Cry Precision. And he is he worked on the AVS. He worked on the AVS system and brought the AVS to life for Cry Precision. Which is a very large suite of equipment. Yeah. And modular. Yes, it is. And it was actually really smart the way they put the scalability in there. I mean, Cry's a good, they're, they're a great company. They've done amazing stuff. So they've got a very awesome portfolio of things that they've done. So he worked on that. So I would say in terms of uh, soft goods design, he's he's definitely up there. He's got some he's got some design chops as far as I'm concerned. Hard goods, so like weapons, weapons, accessory stuff, anything that like goes on a CNC machine, ooh, that's tough. So many, so many things come to mind immediately, like Eugene Stoner, Mikhail, you know, Kalishnikov, um, Gaston Glock, Gaston Glock. Oh God, who else? Um, Todd Hodnett. Todd Hodnett. Yeah, fucking a. Todd. You can visualize wind yeah. in your scope. Yeah. You can't tell me that doesn't take design influence. Oh man, he and a lot of trial and error. Yes, he's he is. F- I love that dude because he is your quintessential like handlebar mustache. Like if there's a modern day Wyatt Earp, it's fucking Todd Hodnett. There's a modern day Texas cowboy out there with a handlebar mustache that you would never think is a fucking math genius in your entire life. Yes. It's him. You know, you'd be like, who's this fucking, who's this goddamn. Who's this rancher? Yeah. Who's this rancher? Don't you have some hay to be stacking up someplace? Some, don't you have a tractor to be driving? You should be doing, you should be refencing some property, which I, th- I think he does all of that. But in addition to all of that, he's also a fucking ballistics and math genius. And because I always thought that was like mind blowing to me. Yeah. Is when you actually read up on the reticles that he's designed and you're just like, wait. Yes. The math works out. Holy shit. I mean, uh, he's great. He's a great dude. I'm going to try and get him on the podcast, but he is in 2007. I went to his course and trained with him and I shot, he's got a loophole formula that I was telling you about the other day. I shot laying back from a chunk of cardboard that was obscuring my view for the most part. There was a one inch by one inch square cut in this cardboard and I could see a, a LaRue steel target at like 700 yards barely through this little fucking tiny hole and cut in this cardboard. And he gave me the skills that I could shoot a 175 grain 7.62 projectile through that one inch Mm -hmm. hole without hitting anything and hit that piece of steel 700 yards away. And all the factors that you have to consider with. Mm -hmm. Which I think that formula is still classified to this day. It's classified. So it's not for general public consumption but probably for good reason yeah and it's yeah definitely for good reasons but uh the fact that he is able to do that much math nerdery in his brain and come up with ways to do that i it's a it's fascinating to me so yeah todd you're amazing i'm gonna get you on the podcast so you can talk about it because i'm too stupid to talk about all the nuances of it but uh yeah todd Hodnett. who else who else is a fucking um, super genius? In the gun industry? Yeah. Uh, who's the dude that was uh, Alexander Arms? Mm. He designed a whole bunch of weird piston systems and like Wildcat AR cartridges, like 6.5, Grendel, and I think a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, you're deep down the nerd rabbit hole right now because I don't I would, know who that is. I would say Brian Litz. But mm. I don't know if he's more like an engineer or a designer. Yeah. Brian Litz runs Applied Ballistics. Mm. Yeah, also fucking... Of math super, genius yeah math genius yeah um god who else yeah I'm, I'm struggling right now to come up with anybody else but yeah i would say for soft goods him then i would say yeah for hard goods i didn't, i can't put my finger on it i don't know i don't know who i would choose it would take me a long time to sit and think about it and like consider all of the bodies of work and all of the people that i know because industry it's the smallest industry but it's also the biggest industry in terms of like the amount of like really cool super talented people that i've met over the years and it's also really interesting because that line between the engineering and the artistry of it yes is so blurred and it important. is it is it's it's important and both are very much necessary but i've made a very much i've made a career in the last i don't know 16 17 years now of like corralling and herding engineers because there's a there's a symbiotic relationship between visionary or designer idea guy mm-hmm. and engineer the person that actually can take that idea and make it work and there's a delicate balance that has to be had between that because if you don't have that and something is specifically engineer driven one it's ugly as fuck 
If yeah. engineers design things, they're ugly as fuck. There's or like nothing... it doesn't fit your hand right. Yeah, yeah. They're they suck at uh, at human ergonomics and other things. They just in, engineers, mechanical engineers are they they suck at coming up with beautiful things. They they're amazing at coming up with very functional, very durable things. But you know, my design. That's why my design principles for ODG are what they are. You know, at first it has to be versatile. You got to be able to take that thing and do more than one thing with it. It has to be durable. You have to be able to beat the shit out of it and it has to last. It has to be simple and intuitive. Like you can't have to need a PhD to fucking use it or, you know, read a 160 page instruction manual on it or PDF nowadays because some companies don't even provide instructions with their shit. You just Or when they do, it's all pictures. Yeah, it's all pictures. It's a good thing they make those for Marines so we can understand pictographs while we eat our crayons. And the last piece is it has to be aesthetic. It has to be beautiful. It has to be a beautiful thing. It has to have some appeal, visual and physical appeal to it. Because if it doesn't, no one's going to fucking buy it. If your baby's ugly, it doesn't matter how awesome it is. No one's going to buy it. Yeah. If your packaging sucks, if your marketing sucks, if your product's ugly, no one's going to fucking buy it. So yeah, those are the pillars, as you know. Yeah. Well, I think where are we at? So let's go ahead and cap it. We're back. We're back. We're going to go ahead and put it. Welcome back. We're going to put out... Eight more good episodes before the end of the year, and then we'll probably, we'll see what happens. I'm not going to make any promises or any plans or announcements yet, but after the first of the year, don't be surprised if I'm like, yeah, fuck it, we're going to take another month off in January because we're going to have SHOT Show upon us. So it may be crazy because at this point, this is not a business for us yet. This is very much still a labor of love, so we're not going to ruin it by forcing ourselves to do things that we really enjoy doing and and are not getting paid money to do. So until until it's until it becomes a thing where we've got we're getting like a million downloads a month and everybody's giving us mattress sponsorships, yeah, mattress, cereal sponsorships. Yeah, cereal and mattress sponsorships and all kinds of stupid money is If flying. you shave your balls with this, you can be Grantham. Right, exactly. So until <laughs> until right, until that happens, we will kind of just do do what we're good at, which is whatever the fuck we want. So I hope everybody enjoyed this Weapons Free Wednesday. We will Catch you next week. I hope everybody has a great weekend. We will see you then. Peace. Anyone who runs is a BC. Anyone who stands still is a well-disciplined BC. <laughs> Need more help.